it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mount Mostwire football podcast, MWWire.com, where Matt and myself, Jeremy, here hang out. There's no offseason, despite there's no games being played. Technically, there's a game this week and weekend we'll talk later about, maybe next week. Draft season here, Matt, but we're not talking draft. We're talking, we're making up college football stuff to talk about because it's the middle of January and it was literally under 12 degrees today here in Utah. So I need some warmth of our college football to discuss for people. That's true. But at the same time, you know, we are recording this on January 30th. And if memory serves, at least one team, two teams are are starting spring practices in, in about a week and a half. Are they not? As far as I know, Hawaii is. Who's the other one? Because Hawaii started way earlier than normal. I know New Mexico typically starts very early, but I don't know the exact dates. Yo, teams, tweet and text us and let us know when you're starting spring football. We'd like to talk about you guys some more. I don't want to search yeah, sometimes so- to find things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's up to date, but college, and it might not be because uh, College Press Box says that uh, Hawaii is starting in mid-March, which I'm assuming they might have done last year, but not this time around. Yeah, because they tweeted out like a week or so ago, hey, spring football is like in two weeks. So there's a, it'll be pretty soon. So okay, usually Air Force, San Diego State, and Hawaii will start pretty soon. So the gist of today's show, we kind of go through some spring, we call it, is it spring cleaning? Can we label it that type of show? Not yeah, cleaning, but that. spring find 
it's actually spring finding because we're looking for stuff to find, right? Or is it the stuff you clean out your closet? Oh, look what I found. New Mexico has a quarterback. We found it hidden back here in Alabama. Here you go. <laughs> All sorts of cheesiness. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what we're doing today. So we will discuss it. Also, I, I'm pulling Matt. I can imagine him yelling and not wanting to come for bold predictions because he doesn't like this. So we're going to bring up some of those later on in the show. Yeah. You could just you could just comment and mention say that's that could happen. That could not happen. So because bull I like doing bold predictions. It's fun. But let's do this. We're new we did last week. Make it simple. Alphabetical order essentially, Matt. So what was your ideas? I guess we talked before and we kind of had two different ideas, but the kind of the same scenario. So when you're looking for you talk about spring, like I always think of like what teams need for spring. You're looking for like predictions of what might happen after spring. Is that what you're leaning? I'm thinking, I mean, I'm thinking ahead to the spring in particular and, and thinking about if not necessarily like the most important question that's facing each team, like, you know, what I think might be potential things to watch out for essentially. Okay. So start with Air Force. What's your, what's your thing you want to look for the Falcons? Cause I have a couple items on the agenda. Well, I'm, I'm very interested in what the quarterback situation ends up looking like now that, that Hizzy Daniels is is moved on. But I feel like that's sort of the obvious thing. <laughs> Clearly. Um, but I'm also really interested because, you know, Brad, trying to replace Brad Roberts with one person is probably going to be an incredibly hard <laughs> thing to do. It's an impossible task to, to put on any one person. But I'm interested in how hard the Falcons try to maintain that kind of production out of the fullback position in particular, because, you know, as, as much as we can talk about Roberts, it's also important to remember too, that his primary backup over the last couple of years, Omar Fata also graduated. So there are a lot of snaps potentially to be taken, you know, by, for, for, you know, for example, you know, veteran type guys like uh, Owen Burke, who saw a handful of carries last year. I feel like he's probably the primary candidate if only because if you look back over the Air Force roster from 2022, I believe he's one of two guys. I might be wrong about that. They have my uh, Manuel Michael, but he's also graduated. Um, I might have been looking at the running back positions but the idea being that like he's one of those guys that on the depth chart looks like a roberts-esque kind of guy you know burke is listed at 511 220 roberts himself is 511 215 so knowing that they're going to have that particular hole to fill i wonder whether he, someone like burke would get a long look and trying to you know keep that part of the the offense established you would true Definitely. Do you know how many carries Brad Roberts had last year without looking? Um, well, I am looking, so I'm way ahead okay. of you there. 345. So am I. Led the conference and led the nation. So he had, yeah, he crushed it in carries. 345, as you mentioned. And also the fullback position, it's a it's a area where it's when Air Force is really good. Because when because the fullback dive, it's like you see Army do it all the time. You see Navy do it all the time. Air Force doesn't always do the fullback dive. So with Brad Roberts on the team, they've won, excluding COVID year where they went three and three and fewer games and everything, 30, mm-hmm. 31 victories with him on the team. That's yeah. their best stretch literally ever. 
yes, that's their best three-year stretch of all time, it looks like. There might be a case to be made where they won 30 wins, where there are two top 15 teams back in the late eight in the mid-80s, where had they not lost one game, they would have been a national title in 85. But like as for record-wise, this is their which kind of surprised me, their best stretch of three or more years to get like about like a three or four year stretch essentially. They've mm-hmm. never had this many 10 win seasons within a four year period. So like mid 20 2010s, they had 15, 14 and 16, they won 10 games each. So it's not a coincidence because Brad Roberts was doing what he did. When they have the game back, the fullback thing, when they have the fullback, they were in the dive. Like Army Navy always do it. Air mm-hmm. Forces, they don't have it, they don't do it as much. They'll do it a little bit here or there. And Roberts just wasn't the guy to get. Oh, like in some 345 carries. That's what 20 something a game for in 13 mm-hmm. games they played. That's 26.54 to be exact. If their fullback wasn't good or as productive, they might get 10 carries a game at most, with eight mm-hmm. of them being the fullback dive. Now, see, replacing that, you need two things. They're not going to replace what Robert said. That's clearly one of the best running backs in school history, conference player of the year last year in offense side of the ball. They're not going to find a guy to replace. Even Eldridge, he's not a fullback. He's running back. So they need to find a guy who can – I don't know what quantitative number you want to put toward him at because there's not going to be the same. It's not anywhere going to be the same, but they're at least going to find some guy to try to do it, and they can't not do it because their offense runs much better when they have an effective fullback. Now, if they mm-hmm. find a guy who can run 13 I, – I didn't look more closely just thinking about it now, but a fullback – 13 carries with like half of the dive and he gets four and a half yards of carry 60 yards a mm-hmm. game. That would still go a long way. Cause I think Eldridge could have the nut similar numbers. John Lee Eldridge, the exact hit 99 carries 7.74 yards per carry on the season with seven, seven what? Seven sixty yards, whatever. Seven sixty six. Yeah, exactly. There I'm giving all the exact numbers here for a point. He could have, I don't think he'll get 1700 yards, but I, I think you and I can agree. He'll be the thousand yard back. For this team, potentially lead the conference in Russia. Him and George Fani are going to be the front runners for that. Um, and to make specifically with Titus Swin and Robbins no longer around in the conference. So he could lead, lead the conference at rushing, but it's different when it's a fullback to running back for Air Force. Mm-hmm. It just makes their offense a little bit different because we saw how good they are when they had the three quarterback, running back, fullback get all these yards. And that's where they need a, just a respectable fullback. Like, I'm just looking through here, just random running backs. Like, here's a good example here: Nathaniel Jones in New Mexico. If Air, if Air Force has a fullback that gets 544 yards and 4.6 yards per carry, that's fine, right? That's good enough for a fullback mm-hmm. for what they've done historically. Because historically, they have a fullback what every couple times a decade a really good fullback. Because there's a case you made: Roberts could literally be their best running back ever. I can't disagree. I'm just, I'm just wondering. You had a long pause. I'm like, are you thinking? You're, I know you're thinking, like, who could that be? I'm like, like, did you disconnect there? It's like, no, you're thinking, like, no, Chad Hall wasn't technically running back. If this guy, you have this, but no, I think. I mean, in recent it's memory, it's, it's been Robertson, it's been Jacoby Owens. Yeah. But I do and wonder if, if Burke might be the next. Kate Remsburg was pretty good. Yeah. But just saying, but you're not, but yeah, it's tough. So. Those are the two obvious things. I guess improving the defense a little bit as well is another option because defense is good, but they lose a good amount of talent this past year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, anything else you think they need? I guess that breakout receiver, we never know until it hits us in the face after game three. 
Yeah, but and and I think that's that's definitely going to be important. Not only because they're losing Kyle Patterson, who's probably one of, if not the best blocking tight ends uh, in in the conference. They're also replacing Ben Jefferson and David Cormier and Mari Terry, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So there's uh, for as few targets as there are in that Air Force offense, there's a, there's going to be a lot to go around in spring practice. So anything else about the Falcons we get to? Because I don't want to spend 10 minutes every team. This would be like a four-hour show yeah. if we did that. What about Boise State? Because we're going alphabetical. So sorry for Wyoming, New York, Levy fans. You can just fast forward, I guess. Because <laughs> if we're smart, Matt, we just go bounce around the random teams they figure it out, and we don't give time stamps mm-hmm. and be rude about it. But we'll go alphabet- alphabetical. So Boise State, um, they're set at running back, obviously, George Shalani. Quarterback, pretty set, right? With Taylor Green there. He's There's no reason it wouldn't be him. I guess for me, is them fighting like a Khalil Shakir type guy, right receiver at some level, because Stephen Cobbs is fine. Uh, tight end was just okay. They're pat. I guess more maybe the passing game is what I want to see emerge during spring football. That's that's probably the biggest thing overall. And I think it will with Green being there, having a full spring and fall, not just being the backup to Hank Bachmar like he was for the first month of the year. Mm-hmm. I think that'll go a long way in making connections and more receivers just kind of getting more playing time from last year. That's kind of think the number one spot for me on that team. I'm wondering how they're going to replace the key players in the secondary. That's true. Jail Skinner's that was, gone. Yeah. Jail Skinner's gone, but also Caleb Biggers, I believe. Or no, or is, unless he's one of the super seniors coming back. I forgot to check on that before this. Yeah. Super um, seniors. <laughs> no, no, because they did, they did have eight guys who announced earlier this month they were going to come back. So Kate Beresford and Garrett Coran on the offensive line. Uh, Billy Bowens, Stephen Cobbs, Riley Smith in the pass catching core, and Should then also good. Cortez Hogan's and Dimitri Washington, both edge rushers. So yeah, so so I was on the right track. Um, you know, you mentioned Skinner, Caleb Biggers is gone. I believe Tyreek LaBeouf is also gone. Tyreek Jones, if I'm not mistaken, just got an acceptance to the NFL Combine. So while while it's not to say that like the the cupboard is bare. At this point, Young you guys. know, Kaunohi Kaneo uh, is still there. Ronnie Robinson is still there. Sayo Depot is still there. Alex Tudor is still there. So, like, they've still got some dudes who can definitely play. But I am interested in seeing how it comes together. And, and then also, by extension, who steps up to replace those those sort of secondary key players who, you know, you know like Tuber, for example, wasn't, like, the, the best player in that secondary. But there were times where he stepped up and made key plays when his number was called. And so I'm really interested in knowing who like the next kind of that guy is for the Broncos. Yeah. Cause I was looking at, I think it was a PFF or something earlier today with Jalen Skinner is like one of the top 20 guys, most missed from their team from guys going to the draft or no, no, not that mm-hmm. intriguing senior bowl guys. That's what it was. Cause senior bowl is this yeah. week. And so he's like a top 20 guy overall, not pure position, but overall intriguing guys in the senior bowl. And he's, Obviously, a playmaker, one of the best defenders in conference. That was my other note, too. Defense, <laughs> losing guys in the either draft or a couple of portal guys or his graduation. But yeah, secondary, it's always good to go back how many guys they've had who have been good in that secondary position. And even it's always yeah. been quite well. And I mean, let's not forget that by the end of the year, this was a, this was a unit that, that, in terms of like opponents' completion rate, was the best in the conference. Uh, I believe the uh, the yards per attempt they allowed was tied for second at the conference, and they finished the year with you know tied for the most interceptions with UNLV. So 
it's it's a not insignificant question that the that the Broncos are going to have to face throughout the spring. Yeah, and just overall yards per play, they're number one in the conference as well. So not even just passing. Play. Yeah. So your defense, it's losing the back end guys. But again, like these guys you mentioned, like if you look over at CFP stats, like these four guys we mentioned, oh, Shannon Hummer mm-hmm. here. But I think it's between 35th and 40th and pass defended at six each. So it's like there's guys who were, despite not seeing a lot of as much playing time as like Joe Skinner and others, they're out there making plays when they had the opportunity. So that's right. The assumption is because we've said it for a long time, like people are like, oh, Boise's offense, offense. It's like, yeah, but the defense has really been well, for the most part, ahead of the offense for the past five years, in my opinion. Because you're typically yeah. one of the best in the conference. Like it's them. It's San Diego State, maybe Air Force occasionally, San Jose State to secondary or Hawaii secondary a couple of years ago, or even San Jose State overall with other guys like Pat Fajoko and Kate Hall past couple of years, but or Utah mm-hmm. State a few years ago. But they've been one of the best the past couple of years, and their defense has seemingly outshined the offense the past while, partly because of uh, mostly offensive line injuries, which causes a whole sort of mess across the board. And I guess that's the other mm-hmm. area. I just want them to be – Healthy and offensive line, like come out with a strong starting five, which is hard to predict in spring where health wise, but it's like, just that's like, if you have a wish for the whole year for them, it's like, they keep saying that a lot, but their offensive line issues have been a problem the past couple of years, switching health wise, whatever it may be. That's been a big reason. George Lonnie hasn't played well some games or when Hank Bachmeyer is getting speared against Florida state as a true freshman, like getting the, those type of things. You can't mm-hmm. predict health, but finding that group, that can stick together will go a long way for this team. No, I'd agree. And I mean, taking in tandem with the fact that they're losing guys like John Ajuku, like you know, Will Farrar, who were, I believe, out of eligibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and at center in particular, we saw as recently as last season where you know problems in that position really hamstrung the offense as a whole. So I'm very interested to see who steps up in that particular role for sort of narrowing down a little bit, like who's going to step up and replace, you know, the guys who have been in that role over the last couple of years. Yeah, that that because that again for any team, it's dumb. Everything starts up front. But for Boise, definitely true. Because remember, you're not going like George Lonnie guy, show me something. And it was not for lack of talent, it's for lack of room to run. Yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. 
That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, so let's go to Colorado State. They uh, are an interesting team because of they lost a bunch of guys to Portal early on, like Dante, right? We discussed that. We missed our mm-hmm. prior show. We talked about the Portal stuff, like they lost uh, Dante, right? Did Elijah Cooks, was he leave as well partway through? No, he's a different team. So no, you're thinking of Milk on Stovall. Malcolm Stolfe, yeah. I'm getting all the Nevada issues you guys mixed up for some reason, which is whatever. It is Jay Norvell in Nevada. That was kind of a weird situation. But for what I want to see for them prediction-wise is, and this one's hard to quantify, hard to quantify in spring, but it's not. But what I, I guess I want to see if we see a spring game, if we can see open practices or video highlights of teams selectively like to send out to people online because they want to look really good, is Clay Millen actually throwing the ball downfield. And not doing those little dink and dunk passes, Jay Norvell. I want Jay Norvell's offense to be open, passing more. Because remember, Romeo Dubs or Dobbs, I don't know what they call him now, and then whatever, Romeo, catch those 50 yard passes. Can we see Tory mm-hmm. Horton do that even more so? That's what I want to see them happen because we'll get to our bold predictions later on. But that's a team where there, it'll take a couple of things, it'll take more than just that. But Offensive line wasn't great. That's why Millen was releasing the ball literally like within two seconds. Those short dump offs, quick passes. If he gets more time, so it's kind of a more accomplishing thing I'm talking about. But if they can go downfield more, maybe I guess the offensive line is a better way to put it. Find a better group there to give Millen time, which should lead to having a better offensive. Look, Zerdy return, arguably a top three talent in the whole conference, and Tory Horton coming back. I think the bigger thing that I'm curious about is how they will continue to develop a pass rush outside of Muhammad Kamara, because he was by, he was far and away like their best pass rusher last year. You know, the team as a whole had you know 24 sacks. He had eight and a half of them. Nobody else had more than three and a half who, you know, by the way, that was CJ Onyechi and he's trying out for the NFL draft at this point. Nobody else on the team had more than two and a half sacks. And of that group, nobody on the defensive line had more than one. Which is not to say that they didn't get some nice performances here and there up front. But I do think that that was one of the biggest questions that was, you know, that was never fully resolved by the end of the year. Like, there's no doubt it improved down the stretch, especially against more beautiful offensive lines they played in October and November. But they're starting over in a lot of respects up front. Onyechi is gone. Devin Phillips is gone. Um, you know, Kamara is still there, but he can't do it all by himself. And so I'm really interested to see, you know, of that returning group up front, you know, whether it's a, a James Mitchell in the interior or some or something like that. Like who's going to step up and be that sort of secondary pass rushing piece that the Rams are really going to need one way or the other to take another step forward. Yeah, that's. There's a lot of things that Rams have going well for them, but they need to get tighten some things up and improve areas. Like defense, obviously, it wasn't that great. Um, running back, like who's that going to be? That's another option. But I think those are the because here's the thing with defensive players there, and it'll kind of help overall. If Clay Millen can keep the ball going more in offense and keep extending drives, that'll help. We talk mm-hmm. about occasionally if you have these offenses that are three and out in 25 seconds, you're playing Air Force and they do back-to-back seven-minute drives, your defense is gassed and you're just burned by the end of the yeah. half and you're toast. So it'll all help around, but you're right. Getting the pass rush, like, look at the teams they play. I know divisions are the thing, but they're kind of keeping that same rotation. 
who likes to throw the ball again? Who Colorado State plays? Like, you have a good quarterback, Utah State, Cooper Lega. You have a boy State wants to throw the ball. You have a good, enough teams. Wyoming well, won't really. New Mexico, we don't know. But if there's enough teams where you want to get disruption under center, whether it's sacking the quarterback or if you're playing Air Force, you want to bust up the line to break through and get through the fullback dive or the fake, like to get to back to the quarterback. So you want whatever disruption, pass rush or run blitzing, whatever you want to call it, like getting after the run, they're going to need that defensively. But it all goes together. But I, I think Millen, like one of my dark horse things that people talk about, Clay Millen, like there's – Maybe this is out of line and also remind people timestamp January 30th, January 30th, 9.32 Mountain Time. Clay Millen potentially could be an all-conference quarterback. He has the best receiver in the conference, arguably. He had the highest completion percentage of a freshman, I think, all time. Offensive line gets going a little bit more. Get another receiver back there from after losing guys from the portal and stuff and moving on. I don't think that that's kind of bold, but that's where I can see his offense for him. But they still have a lot of work, a lot of work to do. He has the potential to be that. More likely in two years, but there, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be overly shocked if he would be like a second team QB. I'll give you, I'll give you an under the radar name to, that I'm curious about to see what he does in the spring. What do we got? Grady Kelly, defensive lineman. Okay, heard of him? Yes. Played played a shade under 500 snaps last year. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested in in seeing how he progresses from that part time role. Because he had the third most hurries on the team, he had thirteen hurries in that in those five hundred so you know five hundred so snaps, and twenty three stops according to Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. So given that he is probably going to have a lot more on his plate, you know, after starting nine ten games in his first season, you know, how is he going to do as sort of that new kind of guy in the middle? I'm very interested in seeing what that looks like. Yeah, that's always important to figure that type of stuff out because. They have a lot to work going on. What they win four games last year? Is that about right? Uh, it was three, three and nine. Oh, three X. But they okay. Trying to get their four, but they like I we're being pretty rosy now to missing about what they could be. But I think they have people can see that potential there. But there's a lot of kind of not holes, but stuff they got to work on. It's a work in progress. Yeah. All right, so move on to your first state Bulldogs, Matt. They um defending conference champions. So kudos, top twenty five team in the season. Thank you. Uh, spring stuff. Um, I'll let you go, but look, can I just say the entire offense? We need to find out who's what. You <laughs> Is that you fair, could fair say, say that. I mean, I, I do think that you know some some things seem a little more. I, I mean, I don't want to say optimistic. That's not the right word, but it's easier to see a clear path forward for some guys at some positions. Like for example, Malik Sherrod, who spent last year as, as Jordan Mims's primary backup. You know, I have to imagine that he's probably going to an extended audition to see if he can be that kind of you know, Ronnie Rivers-esque guy who can do a little bit of everything out of the backfield versus yeah. like the quarterback situation where, you know, Logan Fife, you know, has had a little bit of starting experience, had, you know, some downs, had a few ups too, especially late before, you know, Hainer came back from his injury. You know, he's there. Mikey Keene who also has starting experience at UCF is there. So there's, there's varying degrees of, okay, what's going to happen at X position, I think, on that side of the ball. Yeah, yeah definitely, because it's – we'll see what happens. There's a lot to replace. Like the guys in Portal did in a couple of – who all went to Washington State for Fresno State? You had – it wasn't Josh Kelly, one of the guys? It wasn't their uh, 
Oh shoot! As far as I know, there's only one guy. There, there were three oh. different wide, uh, Mountain West wide receivers that went there, but but Kelly was the only bulldog. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Sorry, I was thinking of freaking transfer portal. But that, yeah, those offensive guys. Oh, there isn't Perales also Dave Perales moving on too. Did he transfer? That's or did he right. Graduate? No, One he's 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 in the NFL. He was in the the what's it the collegiate bowl this past Paul, weekend. Man, there's a lot of guys. I'm sorry. They're, it's okay. I knew he's moving. Yeah, on. we I haven't shifted hates. gears to draft coverage yet, so I'll forgive you. I was actually looking at draft coverage today, and I'm like, oh, that one bull happened. I know he wasn't on the team anymore, but it's all it's it's lame. It's like you got the portal, and he keep track of you have, which is more more frequent and vibrant. You have all the bowl games. Like, why is the Shrine Bowl on a freaking Thursday night, Matt? This year, what the heck is that about? I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. You didn't East West Bowl game, Shrine game. I mean, I knew the East West Bowl game was a thing. I didn't realize the East West Bowl game on uh, on a oh, Thursday, Thursday was a thing. Yeah, I was looking at draft stuff. I'm like, wait, the Senior Bowls this week? I thought it was makes sense between Super Bowl week and everything. But yeah, a lot of guys moving on. But what's your biggest concern for Fresno State then? Like, what if you had to pick one? I guess kind of prediction. But like, what do you think would be the biggest thing you want to see out of spring football when they start in like two what two months or something? I mean, I think that the biggest thing is you know how what kind of tweaks will they make to the offense in particular. Because while they haven't announced a new offensive coordinator as of yet, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing, you know, I'm, you know, I'm assuming by that time they will have elevated someone on staff, probably Pat McCann. Um, but I'm interested to see like if the passing game looks different or or if they you know, will sort of carry over a lot of what Kirby Moore you know, brought to the table over the last couple of seasons. So I guess with that in mind, I'm really interested to see how the quarterback competition and what the wide receiver competition looks like too, because obviously the big three of, of Zane Pope, Jalen Murano Cropper, Nico Romigio are gone. But you know, there's at least I think one or two guys behind them who were more role type players that are also gone as well. So there's gonna be a lot of competition on both of those fronts. Yeah, that's gonna be out of all the teams, like I trust Jeff Tedford to do what he does, but they're a team where I know we don't have their returning talent production stuff. I know Bill Conley does a bunch of that stuff. But Fresno's up there losing the amount of production overall. There might be one of the least in the conference and the country, I'm guessing. So there's a lot to yeah. hope. And you can squint and see, like, hey, that guy looks good. But it's going to be a lot of new guys for Fresno State. So what do you want to see for Hawaii, Matt? It's like, what areas? Because it's Timmy Chang, year two, where they kind of – Todd Graham kind of screwed him a little bit for what happened, wanting him to Dr. Pepper on the Highlands. Year zero. Yeah, my, it might be year minus one almost, man. I it's, The portal worked okay for them, but most teams kind of figuring things out, especially Timmy Chang. They weren't, they were better than expected last year because they, they were the team that won four games. They went four and nine, and they were reasonably close in a couple games here or there. I don't think mm-hmm. they were on the really close verge of going to a bowl game. I think they were what two games or three other games or one position loss is somewhere in that range. But what they really need to be done, like they're they they still have a lot of work. They have a quarterback returning and Braden Schrager, he's coming back, which is good. But they need as you notice folks, I just stick with offense typically for the most part, but they lose they need an like, offensive line. Offensive line specifically, which will help running yeah. game because Dedrick Parsons transferred running back. He's out of there. But offensive line will help. It's like with CSU get the offensive line going have guys who can protect your quarterback and get a running game and that'll open a lot of things up because Chang wants to throw the ball. He goes he's with um 
Janerville, Nevada. He was obviously the all-time passing NSA passing leader at some point under um, when he was at was it was he was June Jones the head coach that time when Timmy Chang was throwing the ball at Hawaii. I believe so. Yes, June Jones. But he was he likes to sling the ball. So if you can protect the quarterback, there you go. And that's probably where it starts off at. And it's not the the ideal not that's not the right word, but it's not the run and shoot of old. So they still want running backs in there, and not necessarily five wide. So you're right in the offensive line, but also finding running backs because they've had, but they had reasonable success with Parsons last year. But it's like, well, they got to find somebody else since he's not around. And if that's Hawaii's an offensive team, but defense, like I kind of briefly mentioned before, their secondary is pretty good the past couple of years, but last year, yeah, there's there's some stuff to be desired, Matt. I mean, they ran through a lot of starters last year. Yeah, in that unit. And I mean, when you when you look at the final depth chart from from their their season finale against San Jose State, you see exactly how many seniors that they had on both sides of the ball who were who were starting and playing a lot at the end of the season. And so that's why I think you know the offensive line for one because they're they're losing I think all five of their at least their listed starters, Ugh. which is not to say that they don't have guys who didn't see significant playing time coming back like Sergio Muasal is back. Um, you know, Luke, Luke Felix Fualalo is also back, but there's definitely going to be plenty of roles open for competition. I think it's gonna be a lot. It's like, man, they just and it's, it still kind of goes back to Todd Graham and new guys, new coach. It's gonna take him. And I know the portal air is like, oh, just be freaking USC, just be Team X that brings in all this talent to start to play well right away. Well, you're a low, lower level school than USC, obviously, you don't have a you have a name like people know Timmy Chang. Like even if you're a reasonably casual college football fan about our age, even older, like you probably remember Timmy Chang. Mm-hmm. But it's not Lincoln Ryan. It's not that. But there's ways to bring in this talent to go right away. But it's difficult. But he's still learning, which is it's going to be a process to have guys do if they can get things going. But you're right, defensively, they're last in yards per play. They're last on the categories. I guess the only good thing about that, Matt, we can say is that having so many players play who didn't play a lot at the end of the year, they'll have experience returning. It may not be the best, but seeing playing time, clearly Trump's not playing. So that's kind of a fun to be glass half full guy. It's like, hey, these guys weren't great, but they still saw the field, and they maybe they'll figure things out in spring football. Yeah, and I mean, it was definitely a crash course on that side of the ball for a lot of a lot of guys. But I think they saw, I mean, I have to imagine they saw something of what they envisioned in certain guys. You know, like Patagi Thompson, who got banged up as a true freshman, but you know, he was out there as a starter in, in week zero last, you know, last August. So I think that there are pieces that they think they can build upon. And so I'm interested in seeing how those pieces, especially on defense, you know, guys like him, um, you guys like Mickey Pay and younger guys, Peter Manuma, how those guys progress after their sort of initial trial by fire. Yeah, because they were near the bottom in interceptions, their last in like in tackles for loss. They were not pressure something they were not good at last year, also. Like looking mm-hmm. at um well, he's gone on the team, but sorry, he's he's moved on. So that's not helpful here for my process I was gonna make. But looking at just the top 50 players in TFLs, they had one player and that player's moving on. And uh, Jonah Kawahaki Welch, that's how you say it. He's the only one in the top 50 in sacks at two and a half, or excuse me, TFL mm-hmm. is at seven and a half. So they were not getting pressure. 
teams could sit back and throw what they want to do or run the ball. They could do what they want. So I guess if you're looking for a spring prediction, like, dude, find a defense. Find a unit that's going to be good. But then again, we won't really know, Matt, until they play week zero, week one, whatever the first set of games. And we can't really make – I guess that's our prediction, I guess, that they need to uh, improve that area of defense more more than anything. I think the offense will be – besides the line will be okay. But there's more questions on defense and offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, hold on. Did you? Oh, sorry. This is two weeks old. I'll look at some news for next year. We're talking about it. it's old, so I'm not going to get to it. All right. What well, anything else about Hawaii? Or we need to move on to like New Mexico here or Nevada. Well, which... don't, don't stop forgiving Nevada. Come on now. Sorry, alphabetical. I get Nevada. New so, so shall we state the obvious with the Wolfpack? What replacing Don, Don Peterson? Or what's no, your no, obvious? I was thinking about I was thinking about the quarterback competition. Oh, yeah. That's obvious. Too. And whether it's going to be deja vu all over again in Reno because. Sheen Ellingworth, who is going to come into this year as the incumbent rather than the challenger, still around. Nate Cox moved on, I believe. But they also brought in Brendan Lewis from Colorado through the transfer portal recently. And so I'm I'm very interested in what the process is going to be like to try and help them make that decision a little sooner this time. Because splitting time on the field for you know, seemingly the entire season didn't really pay the dividends that I have to imagine they envisioned. I think they would rather just find one guy who could step up and seize the job. Yeah, playing two quarterbacks sucks. That's not what you want to do. Yeah, like so. Is your your prediction to find a quarterback that they will find one by spring? No, no, not a prediction. Because I I want to see them. I want to see them make that decision one time before I predict that they will do it again. Okay, good point. Yeah, so you don't trust that they'll do that. <laughs> it, yeah, it's 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 gonna. I mean, I'm I'm sort of taking a wait and see role on that one. Do you know who? Okay, this is. Remember last year we, when they started what two, three, and zero the start of the year last season. They two actually looked yeah. pretty good. Two and zero. Sorry, they lost incarnate word. Remember, I'm like they should pull. Like I'm like, hey, Michigan's doing the thing. Nevada should be like treat it as preseason kind of. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Even if you know, just yell it loudly. Who does? Who does Nevada play on week uh, week one next year? Oh, I don't know that off the top of my head. What you don't know the schedule yet? Is it Michigan at USC? Oh, okay. And USC gets a game before versus San Jose State, so they'll actually have a game in the books. So they'll need to. Uh, there's not going to be unless they want to take an automatic L and switch halves or something for quarterbacks. That'll be a tough first draw for them, but. You're right. I would like them to have a quarterback, but your prediction is they won't have one because you won't see it until you believe it. Or you won't believe it until you see it. I should say I got that backwards. <laughs> yeah. So what else for them? Like me, I think Don Peterson's a big loss because mm-hmm. he's been there forever. Uh, I think running game is kind of an issue because Toa Tao is not there anymore. But Ken Wilson also, like, we kind of joked or like, ah, oh, he wasn't. Like, we thought he was literally like the worst hire. Like, why are you bringing this guy from no interest or to pro? It was hard to find a coach because of what Gene Norville said and what others have said, basically with Nevada not, not committing money to the football program. But when, mm-hmm. he, when they brought, I know they went 0 8 conference play, they weren't good. Like it's still, it's like, okay, they were bad last year. I'm trying to sugarcoat your credit, man. I have nothing to say. They were bad last year at 0 8. And I, you would think with Ken Wilson, defense would be better because what he did at Oregon and other places across the country for coaching that, but they just, 
it all like, yeah, I'm just trying to trying to I'm trying to be nice here, but it's hard to be nice, Matt. Running back had nothing. Like, is Devontae at least still around or did he move on? Him and his right arm. I think he's out of eligibility too, if I'm not mistaken. So if that's the case, cross Patton as 37 yards leading returning rusher, if that's the guy. Um, maybe. But it's gonna be difficult with losing their best players, and they weren't good last year either. So I know this is not a full-on season preview about them, but they still have BJ Castillo. So they have a little bit receiving group, but again, you don't have a freaking quarterback. And the defense had their leading guy had what? Uh, you know, Don Peterson, six sacks. He's gone. Is Drew Watts still around? I'm trying to pull three. He had three sacks oh, yeah. last year. So there's there's a little bit. But I just, I guess for a spring prediction, I'd like them to find a quarterback, which I don't, I don't think they will until fall camp. They want to give as much time as possible because, you know, secrets and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. there's too many things to predict or want to happen for them. I want it all to happen for them. But if I'm going to make a projection, I'm betting the defense will take a step forward and they'll find more defenders in spring and going forward where they will be better. But I'd still, like, if I'm doing a bold pick right now, kind of kind of as we slowly move in that area, they still might go 0-8 conference play or something. They still may win, like, maybe three games max next year. I'm interested to see what kind of leap forward a guy like Deion Washington makes. Yes. Because, well, well, nobody on the team was as consistently disruptive as Peterson was. I do think it's worth noting that, you know, while he played 374 snaps, and again, this is PFF.com, you know, he, it, it may not sound like much, but he did, he was tied for third on the team with eight total hurries, two sacks, you know, uh, 13 tackles. In, in a part-time role. And so I'm very interested to see like, you know, between him and, you know, I think a guy like James Hansen, what that duo might do with, you know, more reps that are, that are probably going to be slung under their shoulders. Like they're going to be expected to be the next man up at, at the, at that position in the middle. Well, we'll see. I, it's, that's what, that's your, that's what they need to happen, right? If they're going to be good, is that what we're saying? Be, yeah, me. I mean they they, they not can't good, have they can't have no disruption. And on paper right now, other than maybe Drew Watts, they don't have a clear answer for how to replace Peterson. But no. those two guys in the middle might be worth watching with that in mind. All right, let's move on to the next to the other to the uh, the other 0 and 8 team in Mountain Must Play Matt. That's the Mexico Lobos. Um I guess spring prediction would be to know what offense they want to run. <laughs> is that what we want to see? Not a prediction, but I guess what we want to see. We know what they're going to run. Well, they do. We don't. Mm-hmm. Because quarterback play has been... I would have to look. Like I don't even know the last... This is a. This might be an interesting offseason piece to do, or at least tidbit to look up. Do you even recall, you may know, who's the last quarterback they had who started back-to-back years, like full seasons? Do you have any clue who that could be? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I mean, I, I, well, I mean, if it might be Lamar Jordan. Okay, it could be him. Yeah, that's when they were making those runs during the when they co-champs and stuff like that. That might be it. Mm-hmm. Now it's still at six years ago. Yes, give or take. It's been a while. I mean, I I think you might be able to look at last year's UAB team to to get a sense of what kind of offense they might run. You have because to. you know, in the broad strokes, one, it's worth keeping in mind that the only player in the country had more rushing yards than UAB's Dwayne McBride is Air Force's own Brad Roberts. With that in mind, 
Yeah, I just went and I looked this up, and Careful this is from your, this is from Parker Fleming at Stats of War on Twitter. I went back to his advanced stats preview for the Bahamas Bowl, and going into that game, UAB had a rush rate over expected of eleven point five percent. So when he when he says it's one hundred and twenty fourth in the country, what that means is that that offense was exceptionally run heavy. And so I'm very interested to see how that translates with Brian Vincent in charge of this Lobos offense now, whether they try and find a McBride-type workhorse or whether they take the pieces that seem like they have mostly established themselves, like a Nate Jones, like a Christian Washington, and see if they might be able to diversify the offense in such a way that that like shares wealth and keeps it as explosive as McBride was by himself last year. If we're looking there, because they were a good team last year, you know what I mean? Yeah, looking at UAB, what they did. So, yeah, because, I mean they weren't uh, a per- they weren't a perfect team, but they could run the ball really well. Yeah, that's and New Mexico's done that reasonably well with other coaches in the past. Yeah, I mean when, when Jones at the at the time that things clicked most in this offense last year, it was because the offensive line and the running game had some things going. And they did show a nice mix of being able to spread the ball around. Like Jones was the lead guy on the ground. But, you know, they also gave room to, you know, guys who could run at the quarterback position like Kendrick, like Justin Holiday. They were maybe the most explosive runners, but they had, you know, times where they would make a nice play, like a five-yard gain on third and four or something like that. And I wonder whether Vincent will take that same tack or, or find different ways to sort of keep people involved. Yeah, and it's what they're going to need to do to figure things out. And that's why they're a big unknown about, okay, we can look at this team in the past. Their coach came from, quarterback came from UAB. Um, defense, we know what we're getting. And hopefully, I guess, you no, know I want to predict. I'd like to see, I don't know if a prediction would be nicely, nice thing to happen to them. I, I want them to see no transfers after the portal at the end of, the, at the end of spring time. Because they always seem to lose like their best player every, every year. I know the guys have already left, but... Can we limit that? That's what I want to see. It's, hard, it's hard out there. It is. I'm like, yeah, you come from Mexico. It's like also not to be that guy and be all rooted down. But if you're not cracking the two deep or your number three in New Mexico, like where else are you going to go, man? You know what I mean? Unfortunately, that's kind of rude to say, but you're not like going to be sought after if you're number three defensive, right defensive end. Mm-hmm. Unless you drop down. Level. But they're mostly like a big gigantic unknown because like, what are they doing? We don't really know, but we can kind of guess and infer what you mentioned. So, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Who do we got next year? Is it San Diego State? Is that right? That's right. Um, is it cliche and easy to say they're running back since it was garbage last year, that position to figure something out? Let's see. Low they, had, fruit, they, they had the explode the occasional explosiveness. But it was Very not as efficient as it was when the when the Aztecs were at their peak. 
And that efficiency is is something that I think they've been chasing for two or three years now with this offense. But at the same time, you know, considering what Jalen Maiden was able to flash himself in his time as a starter in the second half of the year, and given the fact they elevated his quarterback coach, Ryan Lindley, to the offensive coordinator position. That's true. I wonder, I wonder if it's Aztecs. time to start thinking of the Aztecs in a slightly different way. You know what? No, he'd love that. This guy. <laughs> well, look what look what their quarterback did like in the bowl game. Like they had no running game, and slinging the ball around it was like it was. They actually did well. You know what I mean, like I know they lost the bowl game versus uh shoot um Middle Tennessee State. Middle right? Tennessee played. Yeah, and you look at what made Jalen made it back there. It's like he threw the ball quite well, and he like for the year he was. Yeah, 12 TDs, 10 INT, 17 sacks, not barely 60% completion rate, not even 60%, 2,000 yards. Didn't play the full year, not really a quarterback. He was a DB came over. So him, my prediction or what we want to see kind of is him getting those full reps and learning the newish offense, whatever it's going to be with Brian Lindley, who it's awesome that you got a guy playing the NFL. You had a guy who was one of the all-time leading passers at your university when your team was starting to build up a decade ago when he was there. And he, like, I know in that bowl game, he had 309 yards, but 44% completion rate, three interceptions. He got sacked too many times. But I'm hoping with Lindley and his offense that, you're right, maybe they do turn the tide a bit to where maybe they have to as well, Matt, because look how bad they were running the ball. They're going to have to figure something out offensively. And it's not, it can't be a magic wand and snap the finger because you have the old, this team's known forever, Donald Pumphrey and others to run the ball, Rashard Penny to be in this amazing team with, 2,000 yard backs and running for 2,700 yards and keeping on pace with the Air Force. I think those days are long gone. They still need to be around in some degree, but maybe this will be slowly turning toward a passing team. And I think they have the guy to do it. I mean, let's put it this way he had the eighth most attempts of any Mountain West quarterback this past year, but he had the sixth most 20 yard pass plays. Yeah, it needs to work on that. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, given given the, the the workload that he had, given that he only started half a year, it's pretty good that he ended up in the top six. It that is true. There's that part. I just kind of mixing both of them. Yeah, that is good. Like, let's put it let's put it this way. And we 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 had similar praise for most of the year for Doug Brumfeld, and Maiden had more 20 yard pass plays than Brumfeld did. Just to sort of put that in context. I think part of it could be with um the throwing amount of throw balls they thrown, is that they were Aztecs, Jeff Horton were leaning hard, like UNLV 31 attempts. Hawaii 30, like Hawaii, I believe, was his first game he started. He had 36 pass attempts. It's like they were throwing him into the fire in the deep end and like go figure things out now. Like he is his long plays weren't just 20 plus long. He had a 73 yard or a 63, 66, 49 yard pass plays, 42. He had multiple passing, long passing plays, which I kind of shoosh, whatever, what not my intent earlier. But I honestly also don't think they need him to be throwing 35 times a game or 30 plus times a game. I think that's a bit much for him or for State in general, unless they're going to be a true passing team. But also, Matt, wide receiver, they're losing. Um, oh, geez. Um, Jesse Matthews. They're losing. Mm-hmm. Why am I spacing the receivers? Um, crap. Harold Shavers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trav- Trav- Shavers. Shavers. That's what's saying. Like, wait, there's just one other guy. Replacing those guys are a big deal. So if you're replacing wide receivers, trying to find a running game, hopefully the offensive line finally after a year or two of not being great can replenish and improve. 
this could be if it could be helpful for him if that line just protects and then he can throw the ball to if Maiden has time to run around and throw the ball because he ran a little bit, not a lot, but he had three games of ten or more rush attempts. Nothing, nothing amazing. He had a, a couple thirty-yard plus games, which is above average, I guess, for QB. Nothing, nothing great, but still slightly above average from what QBs typically do running the ball. But mm-hmm. that's what there's a lot of not dude. We're spending a lot of time off here for the Aztecs. What's the more fascinating narrative to follow? It is. If they do a 180 and start slinging the ball, they might be one of my new favorite teams. Despite people say on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there. I'm just saying. What about defense? Anything you're is or is it good to go essentially? Not a problem? I mean, it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do on the defensive line. How so? I think that's what probably their biggest question on that side of the ball. I think so, yeah, because they try to think of the coming back and leaving. Because Jonas Tavai and, and Kishan Banks are both out of eligibility, are they not? Mm-hmm. Those Tavai, I'm 90% sure. I think we didn't we discuss Tavai before last time on the portal yeah, show. Because... Yeah, oh, yeah, so I, I, I went back and I double checked from the Union Tribune. Um, shout out to Kirk Kenny. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, starters lost on defense Kishan Banks, Jonas Tavai, Justice Tavai, Caden McDonald. Michael Shawcroft. Yeah. Overall, a dozen starters, it looks like. Yeah. So, but, you know, given their track record, I think that they can be trusted to be able to figure it out on that side of the ball. But they did slip a little bit here and there last year. I think it definitely helps that they yeah. brought in Cody Moon to plug the middle. Um, yes, you know, he's definitely going to step into that, you know, linebacker spot that, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you probably take over from McDonald rather than Shawcroft in the, on the strong side. But we'll see. Yeah. And a couple of things too, like Brady Hook said during some sort of availability, uh, he, he's seen improvement from Garrett Fountain and then also um, Daniel Acapulco being guys who could potentially be starting on those edge, edge spots, take over for like Banks and Tavai, those type of guys. Yeah. So, and you mentioned Katie McDonald too, correct? Yes. Okay, so I'm making sure I was reading his name at the same time. So track record speaks for itself. So it was not like a concern, like oh, prediction, whatnot. Like my prediction, Matt, they'll be pretty good defensively. Maybe not be elite because they've taken, like you said, a slight step back, but they're still going to be at worst a top four defense, probably top three. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like because San Jose State, we'll get to them right now. Good move, move on. They lose how many defenders they lose. That's like my biggest thing with San Jose State is who's going to replace like Kate Hall, um, Fahoko, and guys like that are defensive player of the years within the on the conference multiple times like they have many multiple multiple players who are gone on defense and that's what my big thing is who's going to be those guys to step up like my prediction is it'll be hard <laughs> you know what i mean like there wasn't much playing yeah. time for backups on this on this defensive team because when you have those that many dominant dominant players they're not subbing Fahoko out they're not subbing kate hall they're not subbing these other guys out when they had uh, what Kyle Harmon on this, Kyle Harmon, who's gone as well. They're not sending those guys out. Alternatively, I think this, I, I think the situation is somewhat similar in, in their passing game, but I do think that the outlook is perhaps a little bit rosier because while they do lose guys like Elijah cooks, Isaiah Hamilton transferred, um, you know, Jermaine Braddock went to the transfer portal as well. 
they've got guys who have you know shown flashes of potential over time over the last year or two. You know, guys like Charles Ross, Malachi Miller. I am very interested in who steps up and seizes those starting roles. Like, I think for Miller and Ross in particular, and I believe Justin Lockhart is also going to be back. Mm-hmm. But for those first two in particular, it's going to be a very big spring for them. Because now I think, you know, they've, they've served as the understudies for the last couple of years. You know, they've made some nice contributions here and there. Now it's prime time. And they have the quarterback to do it too. Like Shavon Cordero might be yeah. the Q, QB one in the conference. And that's not, you know, I think that they're they're stepping into a, a very strong situation, you know, and not and because you know they've got you know mostly established targets elsewhere as well on, on the offense. Like Kevin Robinson, I believe, still has another year of eligibility. They brought in Isaiah Fans from Montana State. You know, Jackson Keenan, Skylar Loving Black are both back at tight end. So it's not like they have to take on that you know, 80-catch, 1,000-yard type role. But it'll be interesting to see how they stack up with the production that they're going to be tasked with replacing. Yeah, they had some really good guys on that team. And so it'll be with the quarterback there. Because if we look at really quick, if we're just getting the QB rankings overall, it's like a lot of new quarterbacks like Kaner's gone, Hazy Daniels is gone. You have, I don't know, Taylor Green's up there, but he's not as proven. You know what I mean? So it's like in Boise State, or even San Diego State we just discussed. I mm-hmm. guess running back Kyrie Robinson, like the running game is always an issue for me for them because it hasn't been great and that's been a problem for them. For for them to take the next step, they need to find a running back in spring and that's going to be, or at least find depth to figure something out because that's mm-hmm. always like, what is going on? It's always a thing where it's hard to know what how what they're, it's just difficult. They, they don't have consistency the past couple years because it used to be the joke years ago. I forget, Somewhere, yeah, red zone. They could never score in the red zone or inside the red zone. They'd be terrible and couldn't run the ball. They're kind of back towards that, but not nearly as inept. But that's kind of a prediction thing I want to see for them: find a running back or find a unit with the offensive line that can get things going for them. Mm-hmm. All right, who's next? UNLV. Is that that is right. Wise? Um, coaching wise, new coach obviously. Mark or Mark Soroyo is gone. Barry Odom's in there. They they had a what's his name. Um, Bobby Petrino for five seconds. I guess replacing Aiden Robbins is a big deal because he's at BYU now. So prediction would be finding him and keeping Doug Brumfield healthy. Those are pretty big deals. There's also Kyle Williams to Washington State wide receiver. Um, those are probably my, one of a couple of the biggest things to figure things out. Brumfield being fully healthy is huge because he could be like. Like a dark, well, he is, I think, one of the best quarterbacks in the conference coming into this year. It just, if he here's, can here's a fun play. thing to think about, though. What's the fun thing? What do we got? What's fun for the Rebels? What will the new coaching staff do, assuming Brennan Scott is back to full health? Use him effectively. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder what kind of role he will play in the new look offense. Because you know he didn't play at all last year, and I think it's easy to forget how good he was in his first full season two years ago. And so, you know, given that you know there's going to be a lot of production to replace in the middle of the defense, you know, Austin Ajaki, Kyle Beaudry, Elijah Shelton, I believe, are all gone. There's going to be you know a, a plenty of opportunity. I have to imagine for for guys like him to reestablish himself. And and be that star defender that it looked like he was going to be, or looked like that he was, excuse me, two years ago. 
Because what's his injury? Spring injury, correct? Yeah. That was kind of under wraps. Yeah. So I'm guess so I'm guessing that he'll be a hundred percent. And if that's so, the yeah. case, just just watching what he does, what they envision for him in that defense, that's what I would keep my eye on. Yeah, that's a big one too. Like guys coming back healthy. And then just kind of what offense and defense are going because Barry Odom was um oh shoot. Who from Arkansas defensive coordinator, didn't they bring their linebackers coach over who was like 28 to be the DC or something like that? Yeah, Michael Shear. Michael Shear, yeah, like that could be help Scott out there because you got guys who coach defense, you have a guy who coach linebacker, a good pl- guy when he played college at linebacker. So that, that's a good mm-hmm. one there to see see what they can do defensively. And offensively, like I mentioned, Aiden Robbins replaced a couple of guys out there. It's uh, Rebels were close last year, so we'll see who's correct on the assessment where was it talent or coaching to why they didn't get to the bowl game last year? I think it was probably a little bit more coaching. You think so? Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I think they did a very good job of bringing in a lot of talent over the last couple of years, both through the transfer portal and with their recruiting. And it does seem like, you know, the, the new coaching staff has done well to sort of keep that momentum going. Well, I hope it'll be, so. it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, because it's it's they brought in and it's like again, listen or you you and will be coaching podcasts before, but they brought in a name who's not necessarily a flashy name, but a guy full of experience and very old. So there's reason to be okay. This can make sense. All right, we have two teams left. We have Utah State and Wyoming, correct? That is correct. Oh, good. I, I I'm glad I got that right because I would hate to miss a team at the end. Like you missing what? So Utah State. Um, let's see, Calvin. Tyler is gone. They're losing Logan Bonner, but they have Cooper God coming back to quarterback. Um, what I want to see for them is I don't know, man. Health wise, is I don't I want to predict good health, but you can't do that. It's that's not the spring thing you should predict for, Matt. You know what I mean? Because you're losing guys throughout the past year. I guess consistency, but you can't predict that either just because of there's no games you're playing. I just want I don't know what I want. I, they're a team that's just so weird because with how they finished last started and finished last year, they're all over the place. Are there any players you're like positions you like, hey, they need really need this X or Y that's like really stands out? But I know running back's a big one for me at least. You may be on the defensive line. Okay, go there. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they're replacing just about everybody who was a major contributor there. Daniel Gerziak, Patrick Joyner, Alimotuapuaka. Uh, Tavian Coleman, Byron Vaughn's a lot of snaps out there for the taking. That sounds like a lot. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> and with, I don't man, there, I, I just, yeah, defensively, that's a lot. Offensively, they're okay. They're like, what do we like? like let's, let's, let's put it like this Anderson's way. I mean, they, weird. They, like Sorry, you know, of their edge, I was going to say of their edge defenders. You know those three guys: Gerchak, uh, Vaughns, and Joiner Jr. Each of them had you know about five hundred snaps or more. And then there was only a, one other guy on the roster, John Ward, who had a hundred snaps. Same thing on the interior, where you know Halimoto Abaka, Kukesi Vakauda were sort of the main guys on the interior. But then again, only one other guy, Seni Tuiaki, had over a hundred snaps. So it's not to say that they don't have experience across that unit, 
But those guys who you know, were those role players last year are going to be expected to take on a lot more in the same way that we've talked about with some other units. Yeah, looking at the top 50 tacklers, they only have two returning on their team, looks like, which mm-hmm. is not good. Like one is A.J. Vonchapont was the tackle machine, had 100-plus tackles. Then looking at other guys are upperclassmen, but it's not quite enough when the guys are like, oh, where'd they go here? Shoot. Like, Kalo Neves, I believe he he didn't transfer, did he? Am I thinking that? Am I correct? Kaleo Neves? I, uh, no, he's still there, I believe. Good. Just make it. We believe, hopefully, because the portal's it's closed, everybody. But you know how it is. There's it's a lot of movement. Yeah, so they only a lot of going on. It's like oh, that's why it's like wait, who who's this guy? So they have like and then uh, Byron Vaughn as well. He's um, number fifty in the conference last year. So it's like they have some talent, but you're right. Replacing the sheer number of snaps, it's like. That is uh, something we won't really know until they decide to make a depth chart, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And the defense overall was just, again, they they were a team where it's like, what team do we believe? Is it the team that got their butt kicked by Alabama and Weber State or the team that came back to be bowl eligible at the end of the year? They, the big pen, pendulum swing of this team can't happen. And we that's something see. spring predictions meh, can't figure out by then. All right, last team here. What about Wyoming? What do we? What do you think their biggest thing is besides losing all the running backs in the portal again, hmm. or injuries? Quarterback play settled. I don't know. That's I always like offense. I'm like, I like to be nice. You know what I mean? Just saying. They're losing they so many key pieces. Like it's it's hard to pick just one thing. Like you know, is is who's going to step up and be that new number one guy now that Joshua Cobbs is gone? Um, you know, who's going to be that number one running back now that Titus Swin and Joey Brash are gone? You know, is it going to be Dwayne McNeely or DQ James? I would, I would maybe be confident that they could probably step up, but we'll have to sort of wait and see until they take on more than a handful of carries per game and things like that. Alternatively, you know, given what you know they lost in the in a guy like Olawasei Omatosho, you know, deal, what yeah. are Braden Siders and Devon Harris going to do as as the main returners on that unit that also thrived last year? So I I think that there's multiple questions, maybe more so for the Cowboys than any other team in the conference, at least in my opinion, that that seem like really pressing and interesting questions. They do because track record says running back will be fine. Right, that makes yeah. sense. Just because it's been past going back to Xavier Valade, Brian Hill. Um, I think spring prediction: Can we get Andrew Peasley to complete sixty percent of his passes, at least during spring football? I will take and accept the inflated spring game numbers. They make you guys look good on offense. Hmm. I will take that. <laughs> there. Offense is just a big concern for them. It's always been like throw the ball a bit more. Like, can they throw the ball a little bit more? They don't need to be freaking CSU chucking the ball, Nevada, Boise. Heck, even San Diego State this past year, they don't need to do that. They need a better completion rate. Be actually be Colorado State, but throw it down the field a bit more. That 70% completion rate is pretty nice, Matt. I, I think any team in the conference, specifically Wyoming, would take that. But the swings back and forth is also an issue and problem. Well, I mean, it's going to depend on identifying a guy that can stretch the field, Ben, is it not? Yeah, and they have that guy? I don't know. That's an excellent question. 
I'm going to lean toward but it. But I think again. that's what makes it, I mean, and, and, but if I had to keep, and again, this is sort of my, I'm interested to see what he does type of guy. Yeah. Jalen Sargent. You know, six foot two, 187 pounds, you know, was at least by, you know, pro football focuses grading. If I am reading this correctly, the second highest graded receiver on the team last year behind Joshua Cobbs. So with that in mind, and again, he only played, you know, if, if this is correct, 24 total snaps the entire year. Not many. But if he can step up and be that kind of explosive guy down the field, I wonder how much of a shot he'll get to step up into that role now that a guy like Hobbs has moved on. He hopes they need somebody, so why not him, right? And then, well, yeah, and why not? That's the best I can get, kind of. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, what do we got here? All right, so anything else to add for the Wyoming Cowboys? I don't believe so. Okay, we'll do this quick. Do you have any bold predictions you want to get to, or you just want to say, no, I don't like to do that at all? Not, not in January, man. No, okay. Let me, can I give, can we, let's do this. We'll get some later. I have a couple. Um, here's, how about we go through some lister ball prediction that we can react to? Is that fair? Yeah, let's do that. So you don't, so you're not stuck into it. So, okay, this comes from a Boise State, what the, uh, sideline Boise State account SSN. They predict, obviously, Boise State does well, Matt. Taylor Green, offensive player of the year. Boise goes undefeated in conference play. Wins the conference championship, and they they temper their expectations. Matt and say they push for a New Year's Six Bowl bid, but doesn't say they actually get it. Well, they only they only push. Yeah, push. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, that? honestly, like that's not it's not unreasonable for Broncos fans to want a dream because you know obviously going to Seattle to face Washington in the opener is going to be a tough task. You know, UCF's not like peak UCF, but they're still a pretty good team. And last year. you know, Memphis, you know, Memphis it popped off at times last year. But given all of the returning players that you know we mentioned earlier in this podcast that are coming back, and given the growth that we saw from the offense in particular over the course of the season, mm-hmm. it's not the craziest prediction. I think undefeated is not gonna happen. Because undefeated's hard in conference play. We'll see. Um, next one, this okay. This other Boise State fan, a couple of Boise State here. They include everything they say before, but then they also win their near six games. So we don't need to go too much into that. Um, Aztec fans, you know where these leaning when we mentioned the school team name. Viva la Aztecs. Aztecs does the conference a favor. This is so condescending. Conference of, the favor of going undefeated and raising their profile just to be gone in twenty twenty four. You know what's interesting about that? I just looked up their non-conference schedule. We'll talk more about what it, is it later in the offseason. Interesting back-to-back, though, against a couple of pretty good Pac-12 teams last from last year. UCLA in September. Home versus UCLA at Oregon State. You know what? They're not beating Oregon State. Want to know a non-Mountain West Bowl prediction? Sure. Oregon State's, Oregon State's one of the Pac-12. Okay. You heard it here first. Hopefully first, and maybe I'm correct. We're not going to get into it, but I think there's with Jonathan Smith, and they got a, maybe potentially quarterback. They're a good team. All right, other stuff on Twitter before wrapping up. I know it's kind of longer show. Um, somebody says it'll be last one for San Diego State in the Mountain West. Uh, I wrote about that. Seems likely they could be gone reasonably soon, but 
my bold prediction, Matt, is that the Pac-12 says, ah, we're good at 10 teams. <laughs> Sorry, that's mean, but I, I want to be bold. I think that's a bold prediction. No, I think it's reasonable. I mean, oh, not I, bold. Reasonable. Oh, interesting. That's Matt who says it's reasonable. I mean, one, one, year, one year is is seems, I mean, a very aggressive timeline. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if the Aztecs eventually got a call. I just tend to think of it as being more of a thing that's probably like somewhere within the next two to three years rather than within the next year. Yeah, more like what UCLA, USC, or the teams in the Big 12 where it took at least 18 months. Something like that, yeah. Because I could see them – because next year is not going to happen because July 1st is usually that cutoff date for the year after, right? Mm-hmm. Or June 1st, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's usually that summer's like they're going to pay a hefty fee if they do it next year. So next year, bold. Two years, meh, decent chance, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give one more here. We'll sprinkle these in throughout. This one's bold. Could be bold or not bold. A non-quarterback wins a Mountain West Player of the Year award back-to-back times. With last year being last year's Brad Roberts. My main point would be most likely leaning George Halani of Boise State. Because I don't think Tory Horton of CSU can make it that far. Because if he has that great of the year and they're that good, it's going to go to Clay Millen if he somehow over exceeds and has like an amazing season. I think that's, that's pretty bold, though. Interesting. I'll mold that one out. Okay, interesting. Okay, I like you. Not saying no. We're not saying yes. But of any other player, I'm like, if we like, really, if we do quick, do a quick ten, two minutes here, whatever. Shavon Cordero is going to be up there. Taylor Green will be up there. Jayla Maiden, if he throws as much as he can, will be up there. Um, but it's going to be pretty wide open. There could be a random running back somewhere else in the conference, but they lost Jordan Mims. You know what I mean? Lost a bunch of good guys like Wyoming lost running backs. Air Force lost running backs. So. I think there's a decent chance it could happen because it's but it's pretty rare. Plenty of time to talk about that later, though. Definitely. Anything else to add here? Or are you good to go? But like you're done with these bull predictions nonsense. <laughs> you got to give me a month or two. I gotta. They I gotta do. percolate a little bit. It's like it's like uh, it's like cooking things in a crock pot. You know, it takes I a little hear. while. I hear you, and everybody should know I'm totally joking about busting mad about not wanting to do bold predictions. It's such a, just a joke. We're all good here. It's just uh, having some fun. Yeah. So, plus this show has been about 80 minutes, so it's time to wrap it up here. So, we'll be back next week. Uh, off the hand topic, uh, maybe some draft stuff possibly because you get the Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, we had the Collegiate Bowl last week. So, we might kind of dig into that a little bit and just uh, if you have any fun topics that you want us to dive into. Oh. One bold prediction. Sorry, our buddy Josh covers CSU. Predicts Rams for bowl game. So we'll toss it in there as well. So nice. But basically, if you want to have some fun, let us know. Like, hey, MWCR on Twitter. We have ideas we're thinking about. But if you have something else, maybe we didn't think about it. And we'll use your idea and say, credit you, Twitter user, because you're awesome and like our show. So we'll be back next time. But check everything out at MWR.com. We'll have some draft stuff, obviously, combine announcements. Um, just some random other stuff we're working on, but we'll be back next uh, next time and tell your friends that hey, this show's uh, reasonably good and can kill an hour of your t- kill an hour of your time, and um, you might laugh a little bit here and there. So that'll be it for this time, and we'll see you next week or next time we decide to download our podcast.